Hi, I'm Shannon, and this is So Here's a Cool Thing, a podcast that focuses on doing mini deep dives into my assorted nerdy passions. September is finally here, and with it, at least in my humble opinion, is spooky season. This is my favorite time of year, and it's the perfect time to tell you all about one of my favorite authors. I've been reading Stephen King since before it was a good idea for me to reasonably do so. I read his short story collection, Different Seasons, when I was about seven or eight, and it was a love at first read. Those stories grabbed me by the heart and mind and never really let go. His work planted the seed that would blossom into a lifelong love affair with horror, the macabre, and the fun kind of being scared. In this episode, I'll be talking about the master of horror himself, Stephen King. I'll get into some of my favorite books by him and the films, TV shows, and specials that they've inspired, and I'll also tell you a little bit about his life. So settle in while I drop some facts about his fictions and tell you about my best spooky boy, Stephen King. Stephen Edwin King was born on September 21, 1947, in Portland, Maine. His father was a merchant seaman who abandoned the family when Stephen was only two years old, leaving his mother to raise he and his older brother David all on her own. King cites an early sudden inspiration for writing horror. He and his older brother were exploring an attic when they stumbled upon an old paperback that had belonged to his father. It was an H.P. Lovecraft collection. King said, I knew that I'd found home when I read that book. He attended Durham Elementary School and graduated from Lisbon Falls High School in Lisbon Falls, Maine in 1966. He began writing for fun while still a student. He wrote articles for Dave's Rag, a newspaper that his brother published using a mimeograph machine, which were precursors to photocopiers. Later, he began selling stories he wrote to his friends that were based on movies he had seen. Teachers found out about this and forced him to return all the profits. The first of his stories to be independently published was called I Was a Teenage Grave Robber, and it was serialized over four issues of a fanzine called Comics Review. The same story in a revised form was published in 1966 as Half World of Terror in a different fanzine called Stories of Suspense, which was edited by Mark Wolfman, who would go on to work for DC and Marvel. King also won a Scholastic Art and Writing Award. Starting in 1966, he studied at the University of Maine, graduating in 1970 with a BA in English. He held a variety of jobs to pay for his schooling, including janitor, gas pump attendant, and a worker at an industrial laundry. He met his wife, fellow student Tabitha Spruce, at the university's library. The couple wed in 1971 and have been together ever since. King's first novel to be published was 1974's Carrie. It was written on a portable typewriter that belonged to his wife, and it was intended to be a short story for Cavalier magazine, but King tossed the first three pages of his work right in the trash. Tabitha fished out the pages and encouraged him to finish, offering to help him with the female perspective. He thankfully listened to her and expanded the pages into a novel. Of it, King has said, 
I persisted because I was dry. I had no better ideas. My considered opinion was that I had written an all-time loser. When Carrie was chosen for publication, King's phone line was out of service. The Doubleday editor sent a telegram directly to his home, which read, Carrie, officially a Doubleday book. 2,500 advanced against royalties. Congrats, kid. The future lies ahead. He was right. Carrie set King's career in motion and became a very significant novel in the genre. In 1976, it was turned into the cult classic film starring Sissy Spacek. This is a trend that would continue throughout most of his prolific career, his written works spawning over 70 screen adaptations and counting. Not all of them are great, but the ones that hit, hit hard, like 1980s iconic The Shining. The Shining, directed by Stanley Kubrick, stars Jack Nicholson as Jack Torrance. King has criticized the film due to its deviations from the book, and on that point, I can't help but agree with him. The book is one of my favorites, and the film really does a disservice to both the characters of Wendy Torrance and Dick Halloran. That said, it's evocative and aesthetically impactful, widely considered to be one of the greatest and most influential films of the genre and it's a staple of pop culture. I'm actually a much bigger fan of its sequel, which came 39 years later, called Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep is based on the 2013 book of the same title, and it gives us the story of Danny Torrance, all grown up and with demons of his own. Played by Ewan McGregor, it's faithful to the book in all the ways that its predecessor was not. If you haven't read the book or seen the movie, I would highly recommend you do both especially with Halloween right around the corner. Now is the perfect time to dive in. Let's talk about another one of my favorites, It. Published in 1986, this book and the subsequent film starring Tim Curry as Pennywise the Dancing Clown was responsible for many of my childhood nightmares and my lifelong hatred of clowns. This bad boy is a tome, coming in at 1,138 pages. I think this was one of the longest books I ever read when I was younger, not counting the Lord of the Rings trilogy, of course. The story of the book follows a group of children we come to know as the Losers Club. We watch their run-ins with the supernatural entity known as It, which often appears to them as Pennywise the Clown. We follow them into adulthood and see how their experiences have shaped their lives and how they move in the world, and then on to the inevitable final showdown with the ultimate evil. King is so good at writing kids. There's an earnestness and a truth and a genuine heart within the horror. The bonds of youthful friendship forged in fire and the strength of them, it's so compelling. We see this again in the short story, The Body, which was the inspiration for the movie Stand By Me. He absolutely shines in work like this. You love to see it. In addition to the OG Tim Curry nightmare version, there's the more recent It and It Chapter Two, released in 2017 and 2019 respectively. They've helped to cement Pennywise as a horror icon. The 2017 version of it is actually in my top five favorite horror films of all time. 
Y'all need to add it to your spooky season watch list because it's an absolute masterpiece. While he is undoubtedly the master of horror, he has also been responsible for some of the most life-affirming stuff I've ever read. He's an author who is capable of great emotional depth, and there's a certain hope in even the darkest of his tales. 1994's film, The Shawshank Redemption, based on the 1982 novella, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, is one such example. It tells us the story of one Andy Dufresne, who is sentenced to life in Shawshank Penitentiary for the murders of his wife and her lover, despite his claims of innocence. Over 20 years, we follow him as he befriends his fellow inmates and builds a strange little life for himself within the prison walls. I won't spoil it for you, but like the title suggests, it's a story of redemption, and I cry every single time. Similarly, The Green Mile, a 1996 serial novel and subsequent 1999 film of the same title offers us up some similar fare. It melds elements of Southern Gothic, magical realism, and dark fantasy to give us the story of Paul Edgecombe, a death row supervisor, and his encounters with John Coffey, an inmate with a surprisingly gentle demeanor and inexplicable healing abilities. The book itself was originally released in six volumes before being released as a single volume work. The movie stars Tom Hanks and Michael Clark Duncan, who gives one of the most powerful and quietly heart-wrenching performances I've ever seen. He was actually nominated for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for his role, and holy shit did he deserve it. It's another brilliant example of King shining a light in the dark and letting folks see the beauty of broken things. And while it may not be considered by many to be his most impressive work, I think it's perfect. has definitely had his own share of real-life darkness to draw upon. In the early 70s, he developed a drinking problem that would plague him for more than a decade. Soon after Carrie's release in 1974, King's mother passed away of cancer, and he admits to being drunk while delivering her eulogy. His addictions grew so bad in the 80s that he said he barely even remembers writing Cujo. Shortly after that novel's publication, his family staged an intervention, dumping beer cans, grams of cocaine, Xanax, Valium, and other substances they found in his office onto a rug in front of him, confronting him with the visible evidence of his dangerous addictions and excess. As he related in his memoir, King then sought help. He quit all drugs and alcohol and has remained sober ever since. The first novel he wrote after getting sober was 1991's Needful Things. On June 19, 1999, at about 4.30 p.m., King was walking on the shoulder of Main State Route 5 in Lovell, Maine. He was struck by a minivan, tossed into the air, landing in a depression about 14 feet from the pavement of the highway. He was flown by air ambulance to Central Maine Medical Center in Lewiston. His injuries included a collapsed right lung, multiple fractures of the right leg, scalp lacerations, and a broken hip. He remained at the CMMC until July 9th. His leg bones were so shattered that doctors initially considered amputating his leg. After five operations over the course of 10 days and extensive physical therapy, 
He resumed work on, on writing his memoir. Although his hip was still shattered and he could only sit for 40 minutes at a time because of the unbearable pain. King's lawyers and two others purchased the van that had struck him, supposedly to prevent it from appearing on eBay. The van was later crushed at a junkyard, much to King's disappointment, as he had fantasized about smashing it himself. no doubt that Stephen King has been what one might call successful. His books have sold more than 350 million copies, adapted into films, TV series, miniseries, and comic books. He has published 63 novels, including five under the pen name Richard Bachman and five nonfiction. He has also written approximately 200 short stories, most of which have been published as collections. He's been nominated for, and won, many prestigious literary awards. He's truly earned his Master of Horror title. He's also a seemingly great human, with really good opinions and a generous heart. He's very politically outspoken, and has spoken out against gun violence many times, and also many right-leaning politicians. He donates approximately $4 million a year to libraries, local fire departments, schools, and a scattering of other organizations that underwrite the arts. The Stephen and Tabitha King Foundation, chaired by King and his wife, ranks sixth among main charities in terms of annual giving, with over 2.8 million in grants per year. In November 2011, the STK Foundation donated 70000 in matched funding to help pay the heating bills of families in need in his hometown of Bangor, Maine. Prolific author, philanthropist, and all-around chill dude. His work has been a near-constant source of entertainment and comfort to me over the years. What's his secret? How does he do it? According to King, if you want to write well, you need to read and write for four to six hours a day. If you cannot find the time to do that, you can't expect to become a good writer. As for what it means to be a talented writer, he says this. If you write something for which someone sent you a check, if you cashed that check and it didn't bounce, and if you then paid the light bill with the money, I consider you talented. I'm going to leave you with one of my very favorite Stephen King quotes. The scariest moment is always just before you start. After that, things can only get better. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of So Here's a Cool Thing. All of the books I mentioned, and pretty much King's entire body of work, are available for purchase wherever books are sold. They can also be requested from your local library. The films and TV adaptations of his work are currently available on any number of streaming platforms and can also be purchased wherever DVDs and Blu-rays are sold. If you're curious about what's new or upcoming for him, check out stephenking.com. You can find me on the web on Twitter at so here's a cool th1 and on Instagram at so here's a cool thing. There's a link to my anchor in both of those profiles. I'm available on most of your favorite podcatchers, so please like, follow, subscribe, tell a friend. 
So until next time, I'm Shannon, and I hope you learned a cool thing.